millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Phil Hay joined us, um, who uh, worked up in uh, Leeds for many years on the Yorkshire Post. Mm. He, um, that was very much obviously during that Bielsa period and before. And he's written a fine book on Marcelo Bielsa. And he discussed that uh, with us these days, of course, of The Athletic. Um, Also from Leeds, Martin Kellner. Martin Kellner, that's right, yeah. Uh, Martin Kellner joined us. And uh, looked at a week of sport on TV. And uh, Todd Mack, no, not Todd Macklin. Um, Mike, Ward. Mike Ward was uh, with us as well. Looked at some non-sporting telly, which did actually include some sporting telly, <laughs> as you'll discover. <laughs> so um, we had a chat. Here it all is. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And can I just say, the fan at the open day who told Werner to get out of the club, it wasn't me. It wasn't you. Honestly, no. okay. what's the point of that, really? Not the first time. I remember back in the early days of um, Chelsea Radio when it first launched, and they thought it would be a good idea to play it in the stadium while the boys warmed up. Yeah. And some bloke said, uh, hello, everyone. Yes, Dave here, Chelsea fan, 40 years. Frank Sinclair, not good enough. <laughs> Blokes warming up on the pitch. Rudolph, it went mad, didn't it? They never no, it played out over the PA again. It wasn't never idea. a great idea to have phoning radio <laughs> no, for the players to warm up on Very the pitch. bad oh, idea. mate. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> there has been a survey about which foods are good for you and which foods are bad for you in, mm. in terms of actually adding minutes to your life or taking away minutes from your life. And yeah. apparently eating a hot dog. Wow. Costs you 36 minutes of healthy life. When does that leave Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut. He's really he's struggling, should, isn't he? Should have been dead about 30 <laughs> years ago. He is, of course, the king of Coney Island, the man who eats 70-odd sort of um, every July the 4th. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, now, mm. yes, uh, last night I was searching for a bit of sport and uh, I couldn't really find much. I couldn't get your game because it was on the one channel you used, I refused it's, it's to. the one subscription, <laughs> a subscription too, too far. Is that's that, what I call that is, channel, yeah. 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 So yeah. I wasn't going to go with that one. Right. I couldn't mm. find the Rangers game, which I quite fancy, but I couldn't mm. find that either. So I watched the end of the Royal, the Forgotten Royal London Cup and yeah. it was great. Morgan were delighted. It shows you a trophy is a yeah. trophy in any sport. Of course it is, sport, yeah. So that was good. Then I watched the Le Mans live 24 hour race only wow. for about two minutes only because I remember that I used to love the start it lasts for 24 hours <laughs> and you gave it two minutes I, I did when I was born yeah because they don't do the start it's like, like you, did, you, well, you went for the T20 <laughs> version did, of yeah. Le Mans the 100 the, the Le Mans two, the Le Mans two minute race so, and he's got a cold yeah, going, know, going to back to back um, football matches mixing with people probably for the first time <laughs> in 18 know. months 
Uh, first time since Cheltenham. That was the last yeah. time I had a cold. Oh, so obviously well. crowds, not good for me. But You're anyway. lucky just to get a cold at Cheltenham. Yeah, well, I think that's where I got the virus. That was very true. So anyway, uh, I don't know if you remember with the Le Mans start. The Le Mans start. <clears throat> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was an incredible thing. And I, was, I looked it up and it's, it's on YouTube. It's an amazing thing. They run to the cars. But it stopped in 1969. I had the oh. idea that they stopped it about a couple of years ago. <laughs> but uh, it's quite an amazing sight oh. to see these blokes running to their car. I can't see the point of it, but never mind. But that's a Formula mm. One, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you'd have to run a circuit of the track, of the whole track, <laughs> and then you get in your car. You're good for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, so all the fit, fit guys, yeah, that's very true. Then I watched the footballs on, on BT Sport, with our yeah. old mate uh, Ian Stone. I really enjoyed it. It's the first mm. time I've ever really seen it. Right. And uh, I was impressed. It was, it was very entertaining. You you were alerted yeah. by uh, Ivo Graham, Swindon yeah. supporting Ivo Graham. So something the Swindon chairman's been doing this week. Yes, he was very happy, Ivo, because uh, Swindon had been taken over by a bloke called Australian Plumbing Magnet, Glenn Morfuni. Glenn Morfuni. And yeah. what he's done, he's taken to driving around Swindon in a transit van selling season tickets. Really? Himself. I was very impressed with that. So that was good. Uh, then I watched the well, he has like bit books of them in the back of the van. And well, he I says, here, so, yeah. here, mate, fancy a season. He does all that, does he? Yeah, yeah look. Yeah, look. And then they, <laughs> and they buy season tickets. Well, that's probably on tick or something, but you know. Yeah. On tick. Do people still use that phrase? Yeah, on not. tick. <laughs> Andy bringing the old rag trade from the 60s. He's yeah. going to start saying schmutter soon, isn't he? Yeah, no. going to start using that one. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yes. Then I watched the Little mm. League World Series, mm. which I always find fascinating because it's kind of really high-level kids' sport. Yeah. And the pressure on them is, is immense, but the, so much so that the commentary team had a therapist... Mm. Wow. Who works with the kids? And she comments on it. It's mad. We've all gone mad, haven't we? Let's be honest. So this was it's good. Little it's a league good thing. baseball. Yes, little soft, league. Soft. Is it soft? Baseball. It's baseball. Proper baseball. So they're playing baseball, and yeah. there's a therapist on hand. Yeah, because they're thirteen. I know. I know. And it's so. amazing, and they're under a lot. You know, they're representing their state, and it's a big thing. Yeah. And, and so you know, against other countries and all sorts of things. So one of the players, though, for Tennessee, he's like, he looked like he had a thick <clears throat> national health glasses on, and he's like a top player apparently. Yeah. But he's known as the scientist. I thought that's like yeah. a typical sport. Anybody nickname. with <laughs> anybody with glasses is the prof, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And then I finally I caught a bit of uh, into Miami. Um, oh, by the way, Andy and Kent says probably. Probably one of the reasons you didn't see the Le Mans start last night is because you were watching the qualifying, not the race. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> so he actually only committed two hours, sorry, two, <laughs> two minutes, minutes to the qualifying. I mean, he'd probably give the race a good a three Thursday. and a half I thought minute. it was a bit odd that it was on a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. So it's longer than 24 hours mm. in effect. Then I, then I, the ghoul in me, I, turned, I, I saw into Miami, we're losing 2-1 mm. to Chicago, mm. so I thought... Oh, this is going to be bad for, isn't it, for Phil Neville? Uh, but actually, they turned it around and won 3-2, and I, then I looked up their results. <laughs> yeah. And they've had four wins and two draws in the last six games. So, so since we had that chat yeah. with Brian Chiretta when it was all going yeah, wrong and we they were all, shipping goals, exactly. they've turned it around. They have. So well, credit, well, I didn't know credit, No, I didn't know that. So, so credit, your viewing has credit done us a favour. Credit to Phil. And the, finally, mm. a survey that tells us that uh, fans mm. give the team's home advantage. I mean, really, another one from the NS Sherlock Institute. I don't know why they bother. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, who didn't know that? You don't really need to do a scientific survey to know <clears throat> that's a fact. I and mean, we're going to see that this weekend, I reckon. When we yeah. when we do the falls panel, we'll talk about it because you know last week we saw home advantage, and this week those teams that were away will be home, and I mm. think it'll make a difference. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'd, I'd love this story about uh, a pony called Teddy's fourteen. Oh yeah, and um, he basically grips a paintbrush. In his teeth, and he paints. Does he? Yeah, as brilliant, isn't it? The first thing he did was a portrait of George Stubbs. Isn't that odd? Isn't that odd? 
strange, isn't it? <laughs> brilliant. Bit of an art joke there. Bloke, but I bloke like. used to paint horses, basically. <laughs> yes, he used yes, to yes. Paint, yes. Horses, paint horses. And we've got one for the for the listeners actually, because it is yeah. Friday, mm. and uh, it's the fact that WWE are sponsoring Enfield Town. That's right. We're going to we're going to have a chat with the club next week. We couldn't squeeze him in today, but we're going to try and have a chat with the club uh, Enfield Town, local to me. I went and watched mm. them uh, a little while ago, actually, uh, sort of when Premier League football stopped and before, sadly, non-league football stopped. I went and watched the game. And yeah, they've uh, they have um, teamed up with uh, the uh, NXT UK, the kind of British arm of yeah, it's a development. WWE. Yeah, that's right, talent development. Uh, and uh, we'll look how that's going to sort of shape their season. But what are you after, Andy? Wrestling footballers. Wrestling footballers. Really as, difficult. I can only come up with one. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Stone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stone. <laughs> it's really stone. Really. I'm sure the listeners can. Uh, yeah, I'm come. sure they we'll, can. we'll take the old British wrestlers, and of course, we'll take. Uh, all the American wrestlers as well, which is probably your heartland. So, do let us know. Andy's after it's you know Friday and bringing games. We're looking for uh, football wrestlers or wrestling footballers. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, good afternoon. It's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. And um, and non-league Enfield have got a sort of WWE wrestling um, Mm. feeder uh, NXT, um, they're called, and they are the sponsors of Enfield Town. And we were uh, interested in, well, Andy was certainly interested in your uh, wrestling footballers. We've had a few in. Shall we do some? The people have been we good enough really to do them. We should really crack really done a lot on Twitter, so it'd be wrong not to read them Well, out. we've got Joe the Hitman Hart, says Joe Carter. Jake the Snake Livermore, <laughs> pathetic, says Jim in Leighton. He's actually... <laughs> Criticising crit- his own. Don't work. What about Jordan Henderson as Hendo Nagasaki, says Wollaston Village <laughs> FC. Chengiz Undertaker. Very says, good. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Wrestling point. Didn't put, yeah, I didn't put the name on that one. Harry Kane, Ultimate Aurier. Does that work? I don't know. Uh, Hulk, <laughs> no. Hulk, Fog- Hulk Foden. 
Oh, here all week, says Alex. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Macho Man Robbie Savage. Um, th- that's from the Smith. Uh, the British Bullard says Andy. Yeah, and uh, Hacksaw Tony, uh, Hacksaw Tony Duggan uh, says Ian. <laughs> Rowdy Robbie Fowler from Matthew. Uh, mm. Hacksaw Jim Beglin says Sean. Oh, I can't blame a lot of these. This is I'm not sure this works. The Rock. K Santa Cruz, <laughs> Blackburn you. Rovers from Stephen in Romford, and Hulk uh, Hogan one. I'm not sure that <laughs> works either, work. Mick. Crackers has gone more with these. He's, he says he's leaving the WWE wrestlers to the kids. Yeah, he's gone with Rollerball Rococo Lamella. Yes, good. <laughs> uh, he's put up a picture of Big Daddy and gone and Eze, and he's gone Eze, Eze. That works. Eze. That's that quite works. clever. Anyway, and uh, finally, yep. Giant Graham Stacks. There so we are. We thank, we thank him for that. Keep them coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. Now, uh, normally we do this section. This man takes you into the weekend. I know. As far as this show is going to call to four, we chat to him. But with the live racing, everything going on, we've jigged things around. But here he is from the star, TV columnist, previewing the weekend's non sporting telly, Brighton supporting Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. Um, do you like Graham Potter's Scandinavian beard? Yes, I do, yeah. actually. I think it, I think it um, suits him as a little bit of a. Captain Bird, I, I, it looks to me like he's been adrift on a raft. I've seen the other day for about a month. It's got that. It's got. I mean, mm. all the time he's in Scandinavia, he never grew a Scandinavian beard. No, no, he grows one. It's very weird. Maybe he's yeah. sort of missing it. He's just going to capture it in some other respect. But yeah, I think it, I think he looks very very sort of laid back with it almost. Yeah, yeah, indeed. very much like his managerial style. Isn't it? He's okay with stuff. He is. Um, so uh, on Amazon Prime from today, nine perfect strangers. I'm not aware of this. Yeah, this is this is sort of fantastically weird. It's a new um, drama starring Nicole Kidman, and it's centred on a, a Californian wellness retreat, uh, which isn't quite what it appears to be on the surface. So oh. the strangers of the title are basically the characters who various sort of people with issues that they need to resolve heading on their way. We meet them right at the start. It's a bit like people getting on the on, on the on the plane at the start of one of those air, airport disaster movies, and we'll know them intimately by the time the, the whole thing ends. Um, and they're all going off to deal with their issues to sort of unwind de-stress blah, blah, blah. when they get there they find this place is um, a little um, sort of creepy uh, but the more they stay the more weird they find it and when the, the welcome meeting you know like you get on your on your package tour is a bit disturbing because it's it's uh, it's her character Michelle uh, sorry Nicole Kidman's character who uh, Masha she's called she sounds like something out of Beano but she's a <laughs> Rus- Russian woman who's uh, had a near near death experience in, in, earlier in her life and right. uh, that's a shaped the way she is. And she's Good doing... Russian accent? Is it... I've, I've no idea, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, know why I asked you. You're not Russian, are you? It's a, it's a stupid question, Mike. I apologise. Well, you can judge. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed The White Lotus. So have I, Andy. I was about to say, I'm only two in. Mm. Um, it's another, if you like your comedy dark, sort of six feet under dark. Mm. It, it's it's upmarket it, Benidorm, I yeah, think. It's, oh, okay. it, it's a hotel in Hawaii, a resort, and this sort of ensemble uh, cast, which includes people like Jennifer Coolidge, you know, from America, and pie and mm-hmm. and a lot of the Christopher Guest movie best in show etc. She's very good. They're all very she was good. Always in two broke girls, and you should drive me mad because she'd come on and she'd go, "Hello, everybody!" and the crowd would sort of applaud. You yeah. think, oh God. <laughs> So but it's it's good. Um, I say I'm only a, a couple in, but I, I'm in, I'm enjoying. It. I think I've just done six of the first series, but yeah. it's it's on um, Sky Atlantic. Yeah, oh, okay. And Nicola Walker in in Annika. That was a yeah. I watched that on, on um, Alibi. Alibi. Yeah. Alibi. Yeah. Was a strange. She's, she's yeah. always good in stuff. Mm, yeah. I, I, there's very little that she does 
uh, that I don't enjoy. A, I don't well, know, strangely to say it, but a bit of an yeah. Alfie approach to sort of breaking the yeah, fourth wall. Yeah, it was much yeah. more sort of hum- humourable as stupid than unforgotten. It was gotten. unforgotten. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so that that's on alibi. Anyway, um, you, you've even put the hundred in here because it is the final. <laughs> I did. Of, the final I've become of the slightly disproportionately obsessed with it, even though I really, really hate this, the on-screen graphics. Oh, it's so confusing. It's isn't so it? confusing. I, I can't work out. I always think the person bowling is batting. Yes, it's the worst way you could ever do it. It's <laughs> hopeless. It's such basically. It's the kids understand it. That's all that matters. Do they? Do they really? I don't know if they do. I some kids. I thought it was meant to make things ridiculously simple for people who don't don't get cricket, but it looks like somebody says, who, who, who really knows quite a lot about cricket insists you must know all this. So it's like oh, any time there's eleven different numbers on the screen when you count the sort of you know, balls they faced, balls they bowled. But anyway, there we go. But yes, I'm enjoying it. So, so men's and women's finals tomorrow. To, yeah, and um, yeah, and so, on BBC Two and Sky. And they... tonight the Eliminators with yeah. uh, Trent Rockets, I think, against the uh, our lot, who I uh, the Southern Softies, as I call it. <laughs> like an American <laughs> film star, isn't he? Trent yeah. Rocket. <laughs> now uh, that's so that's. Uh, 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 that's tomorrow, isn't it? And say the yeah. eliminator tonight. Uh, we spoke to Billy Munger yesterday on the show, the a racing driver and, and pundit. Um, and uh, it's called Changing Gear. It's on Channel 4, 8 pm tomorrow night. And yeah, uh, really Billy's good. A w- a WMPT tries different um, Paralympic sports, doesn't he? Yeah, this is because obviously he learned, you know, he, he's learned to adjust after his own accident, mm. but you know, learning to use running blades because obviously that's not what he, he's, he's familiar with. It's a new challenge, and he just is he, clearly, you know, a fantastic character in himself. And just having a challenge, and I love speed is the thing he loves. So, you know, whether it's you know in a car or just learning, in this case, setting himself the target of running sixty meters in under ten seconds. So he's just brilliant, and he's he, he, you know the way he presents the program and narrates it is incredibly yeah. engaging as well. So it's he's, great stuff. He's very good. I mean, we were sort of saying to him mm. yesterday, that, you know, through the sort of tragedy of his accident, yeah, uh, you know, he is found. Uh, you know, he probably wouldn't have gone into punditry and, and no, making it's, TV it's, shows, and he's he's very very good at it. Yeah, he? life does weird things, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, also, there's people who love Dad's Army. There's plenty of those. Nine thirty, Channel yeah. Five. Background, background stories, anecdotes, interviews with the stars' families. Right? Yeah. Secret so, lives and scandal. There's not really. I mean, the scandal. I mean, scandal is pushing it a little bit, but obviously the John the Measure story, is, which is of course been well documented. Out, you know how he. Mm. You know, he was living with Hattie Jakes and then she brought her lover in to live in the house and he yeah. moved to a spare room. And then, of course, her, her his next wife had an affair with Tony Hancock. I say everybody knows it. Obviously, you don't know it, you don't know it. But, yeah, but, there, yeah. Was a, there was a play about it, wasn't there? Yes, the, the and of, Burke and all sorts yeah. of other things. But yes, and there's loads of great clips from it and there's, there, you know, and lots of background about these characters and these actors, you know, and Clive Dunn, just on the, what he went through serving in the real war, you know, yeah. and you forget, of course, that they have that background that they brought into it. So, yeah, if, if, even if you don't know that much about Dad's Army, it is genuinely fascinating uh, your, your recommendation of the sorry Paul the Secret World series I've really enjoyed I've seen yes. I've watched the chocolate one and the crisp is fascinating yeah, yeah. This is the secret world of biscuits yeah mm. frustratingly I didn't get to see a, a preview of this but I'm kind of guessing how it goes yeah you could probably yeah. work yeah. It it's out, more biscuity you? than crispy yeah. or chocolatey um, so <laughs> that helps. Uh, channel 5 9.30pm that's the dad's army on Saturday the secret world of biscuits is 8pm uh, on the channel 4 and next week, just to, something to look out for, Mike, very quickly, uh, Clive Myrie takes over yes. as the new 
host of Mastermind. Promising a more gentle approach, because obviously Mastermind was originally based on the whole sort of World War II interrogation, wasn't it? And so it was meant to be quite dark and, 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 and intense. <laughs> We've become so soft, haven't we? What's that? Well, they like, turned all the lights up on here, haven't they? Yes, in, yeah. In everything, you know, yeah. it's too much pressure. They're not paper. in a black chair anymore, That's they're the actually in, a, it, in a jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> Do it all from a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> Climbs in one corner of the hot tub, yeah. then we don't have a corner of a hot tub. It got, yeah, there's oh. multiple choice now as well. Yeah, it's a nice two, one or two answers. Multiple <laughs> choice. And you don't have to answer. You get it right, it doesn't matter if you uh, don't. Don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah. You win anyway. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Oh, Cheers, guys. We will catch up with you uh, next week. There we are. It's Mike Ward there from the Star with us. A bit of non-sporting TV. Breaking away from the sport momentarily. We did do the 100 and, and the Paralympics. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Mike joining us now, man who likes a little flatter. Mm. Normally not that successful at it, but let's not put him <laughs> off. Uh, it is Martin Kellner with the week of sport on TV. Who knows? I may be doing it a bit disservice. He could be live from the Bentley showroom as we speak after that last race. <laughs> Martin, are you? No, surprisingly not. Uh, no, that's it. But it's, no, nobody's that successful apart from you know the, the woman who runs Bet Three Six Five. She's got a massive house, two massive houses. She owns Stoke basically, yeah. yes. and she has this like huge swimming pool. I've not been able to replicate her success ah. in uh, in Wakefield. Oh, but, sad, so sad. There you go. It's so, um, sport on TV this week, Martin. What, what have you been watching? Well, I mean, first of all, obviously, I've watched, been watching all the football, hmm. and I'm wondering if it's a bit. You know, when you get to New Year, yeah. and people, see, you know, it gets to like January the seventh, and people saying, "Oh, Happy New Year," and then somebody will say, "No, there's a cut-off point. You know, yes, you can only is. say Happy New Year, you know, after the first weekend." I go about fifteenth, like. and we we allow yeah. up to the fifteenth if you've up not seen or spoken to somebody. Yeah. I'm wondering at what point we commentators are going to stop saying it's great to have the fans back. I mean, it is great <laughs> to have the point. fans back. Yeah. It certainly is. But if you're watching, for instance, the highlights on Match of the Day and you get all eight commentators start the commentary off by saying, isn't it great to have the fans back? Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if, gonna, if it's going to happen again this weekend. So mm. I should be watching. Yeah, because it's different very... fans back. Well, I actually preferred other... empty stadiums. I, was... no. <laughs> I did say I wanted on Monday, I wanted the button, the red button option of a no sound. Yeah. Badly yes. fired off effects. That would be good, Indeed. just for those people that really miss that. But yeah. um, what have you been watching, Martin? What have I been watching? Well, I've not been watching Ted Lasso, uh, but my apologies <laughs> because... I like uh, it. I, I know you're not a fan. I know. You, no, people it love win, it. It can't win you over, can it? No, well, I read this interview with Jeremy Swift, who's uh, one of the guys in it. It's obviously the star's Jason Sudeikis, who plays uh, mm. Tad Lasso, Lasso. And it's apparently been massively successful. And I'm sort of beginning to question myself as a sports on TV reviewer, because two shows that I, that I tore into right at the start, a league of their own, that's never going to last, I said. That's not going to get... Uh, that's not going to be <laughs> recommissioned. Yes, precisely. Mm. Um, Ted Lasso, so I shan't make any more predictions. Oh, what I have watched yeah. is the, yeah. a brilliant, brilliant uh, George Foreman uh, documentary on Sky uh, Documentaries. Okay. Um, just simply called Foreman. Really, really good. I mean, if, especially so for maybe younger fans who don't know um, the story, which is, a, you know, it'd be hard to make a bad documentary because it's such an amazing story, the fact that uh, he was world champion twice mm. as, as two different different men this is the point they make really you know whether um, George Foreman the champion 
second time round because he disappeared for 10 years to be a preacher, um, whether that second George Foreman would have beaten the first George Foreman. Um, and it's great because I mean, it goes through the whole story. I mean, it starts off where, um, you know, he's from a poor area of uh, Houston uh, and uh, George Foreman Jr. or one of the George Foremans Jr. <laughs> yes, I'll just work funeral. out which one it was. There were, there were loads George of George the Fourth and George the Sixth, isn't there? And the yes, Aries, there yeah. is. And the, well, this is actually just George Foreman Junior. Right, okay. I think was the the first uh, son. But he he tells the story and he tells about how when um, when he was younger he wanted a new pair of jeans because he didn't want to look poor. And then George Foreman Senior took him down to uh, Fifth Ward in Houston, which is a very sort of impoverished uh, area of the city, and said, you know, that's poor, that's poor. Uh, and then he talks about how he was brought up and uh, he was in a, a, a scheme called job core trainees which was basically uh, LBJ uh, a scheme you know started by Lyndon Johnson to try and bring people out of underprivileged areas and give them a chance in life and it was the first time he'd ever had three meals in, in a day and of course in those days there was nothing to grill it on you know if you wanted to yeah. have a, it's a long time <laughs> I was before say, is he in the program and do they give him a grilling yes of course they do yeah yes very good of course they give him a grilling um yes so uh basically got the gold medal in uh, mexico he came back we know all that story Mm. beat joe frazier he became um when he became champion first time round after he'd beaten joe frazier he was a bit of a pain he he modeled his his life on uh sonny listen sorry what you saying? i just said well we we were fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times when he came in promoting Mm. the grill and and cooked steaks in the studio which was blimey tremendous Um, but anyway, he, he said he wasn't a very nice man. He, he, he was quite no. unpleasant. He had an epiphany when he fought Jimmy Young. I suppose most people, when they beat yes. up an old radio presenter, <laughs> actually it's lose to one. <laughs> must be, it must be an yeah. epiphany. But no, he did say he admitted he was a very nice man, George Foreman, but there were times when he was quite horrible. Yes, his first time round, he was. Mm. Uh, Bob Aram, who was his manager, said that he didn't want to deal with him. He was just so hard to deal with. Um, and also, of course, Zaire, 1974, Rumble in the Jungle, oh, yeah. that got to him. And, uh, you know, psychologically affecting him. But the great thing about this documentary, there's loads of Larry Merchant in it. There's loads of Howard Cassell. Oh, mm. And if you enjoy, you know, boxing documentaries, there's, you know, there are very few um, people who tell a story as well as those old boxing guys. Yeah. Um, there, there was another guy um, who I think was a boxing writer who um, said when he came back, he fought 19 fights against boxers who weren't very good. Or the way he put it, in the boxing parlance, he was fighting dead. Dead men, stiffs, tomato cans. That's <laughs> what I'm Tomato cans. I'm <laughs> going to actually uh, adopt that. Yeah. But um, so there's lots of colourful stuff in it. It's really, it's really, really good. And when oh. he was sort of coming back, he used to carry a 600 pound steer up a hill uh, yeah. as part of his training. And there's a lot of scenes, you know, sort of scenes of archive of him chopping down trees and stuff like that. But a live it's, one. Um, and, uh, <laughs> a live steer. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know when he got it from a butcher's shop or what. That's yeah. a good point. A fun, but, you know, became this fantastic beloved figure second time round. He was obviously in a sitcom called George, which mm. I don't think we got over here, yeah. but it was a sort of standard American uh, sitcom uh, at the time. And uh, then, of course, at the end, it's just a coda about the grills. Um, we've got one. You know, yeah, we don't, yeah. who hasn't? Yeah, cook, cook meat mm. on 
Who hasn't? Yeah, with yeah, toasted George, sandwiches. George made a fortune it's, out of it. He, and he became more... I mean, he told us that walking through an airport, I mean, people would often say, look, there's the grill guy, you know, that's the lean mean... <laughs> and they didn't know he'd been the world heavyweight champion, you know. Uh, they twice, just thought they, twice, he's just um, a guy, yeah, they just they knew he was a guy yeah. who sold the grills. Yes, absolutely. Of course, he would have, he would have said that because he was obviously plugging the grills at the time. Yeah. Which, which, <laughs> there's a scene of him, uh, because he came, became an HBO pundit, you know, for the big fights with mm. him and Larry Merchant. They were a bit of a, a, bit of a team, you know, disagreeing all the time on that. Uh, but he, I, there was one bit where you saw him. But, and don't forget to buy the uh, George Foreman Lean Mean Grilling Machine. Yeah. He actually managed to, you know, it was into a, the commentary. a world He got it into the commentary. Now, Martin, brilliant. you've also watched the scene. Secret Life of Crisps, which doesn't sound on the Mar- much, no, much like, marvelous, not much very like, sporty, much but like sport. terrific. It was a great show. Yeah, it really was. If you're the slightest bit interested in either crisps or business or Gary Lineker, that's yeah. the link to oh, God, oh, well, well, in the fact brilliant. that uh, that Walkers, who we now know, you know, mentioned Golden Wonders or Smith's Crisps to someone, and they're not, you know, unless it's uh, an older person, mm. they know what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, what what actually because uh, Basically, what you're buying in a packet of crisps is a little bit of flavouring and a bag full of air. Aren't you, really? There's nothing, there's nothing much in it. There's nothing much in a bag full of bag of crisps. Potato. But, you know, a little bit of potato. Not a very much. And a bit, a bit, a bit of fat there. But, it's a cutthroat um, you know, world, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the world of Chris. Oh, really? Yeah, the world of Chris. Unbelievable. I'll just tell you about uh, Gary Lineker because this is a spot on TV spot, and that is uh, he signed a two hundred thousand pound deal when he came back from Japan. And mm. the, what what made that so great? I think the the, the director was Paul Wieland or Wayland. Yeah, Paul Wayland. I know uh, who Paul from previous... when we were kids. Oh, do you really? Sure. Wow. Mm. Oh, right, what a director. Because, you know, he'd previously directed Blackadder, Mr Bean, that sort of thing. And he took that sort of sensibility of, uh, you know, comic brushstrokes, if you like. Mm. He took that uh, to this advert. Uh, Gary Lynn got a £200,000 deal. I gather it's worth a bit more these days. Um, <laughs> and took the narrative of him coming back from Japan. Mm. And, of course, we knew Gary Lineker uh, as Mr Nice Guy from, um, you know, for, for various things, for never having been booked and all that sort mm. of stuff. Um, and he took this little no miss, no more Mr. Nice Guy thing, and it was him stealing the bag of crisps from the kid. Complaints, uh, weren't there? And then there was... Sorry? There were complaints. complaints. Yes. The, it, as a lead complaints. story in The Sun. What a brilliant advertising campaign. Yeah. In The Sun, the lead story. I mean, admittedly, it was The Sun, but the lead story <laughs> was uh, Ban... Let me try and find out. I wrote it down. It was... Uh, that, I think that'll, that'll, teach, little, that'll that serve little, you for biting the hand that feeds yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> that little light suddenly yeah. saw the old ISDN. Yes. Somebody in office downstairs <laughs> just gone click. Floor 13. They hear everything. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, not a great start for Leeds last week. Bit of a shooing at uh, Old Trafford. And uh, Marcelo Bielsa has apologised to the fans and says they ain't to put it right uh, this weekend. Uh, Phil Hay. Um, has written a new book, Marcelo Bielsa, and the rebirth of Leeds United, and it was beautiful, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Phil. Good afternoon, gents. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, It's such Um, a great story, really. It is a great story. And the great thing was you kind of up close and personal with it, weren't you? Because uh, this was very much on your patch uh, when uh, Bielsa came in. I mean, was he, he came with a huge reputation as being sort of quite quirky and oh, a brilliant manager, but quite idiosyncratic. Uh, have you found that along the way? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, he, he has has his idiosyncrasies um, without a doubt. But actually, when it comes to to coaching, he's an incredibly sharp um, and and lucid guy. Um, I mean, there, there was the potential when Leeds first went for him that he was going to fit perfectly into the Leeds United narrative and the the chaos and the the mediocrity that had been going on for 14, 15 years at Leeds because he he had that kind of reputation for being volatile and and for things blowing up quickly with him um, and everything else. But it was kind of a light bulb moment for the club where they they just realised that if if they were going to make anything of themselves and if they were going to finally get out of the Championship, it all needed to start with the head coach. It all needed to start with a really credible and, and to some extent brave appointment really to, to get out of the, the loop and the cycle they were in um, and it was a big gamble I mean it was a big gamble financially it was a big gamble in terms of how well he was going to fit and, and how long he was going to last but it, it you know over the over the, the months since it started to look like the, the best decision they've taken on any front in about 30 years. There's a kind of purity about him, isn't there? A real love of football. I mean on the back of the book he sort of denies that he's an obsessive doesn't he but you'd have to say he is. Oh, he, he definitely is. I mean, he 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 kind of denies all sorts about himself, like you know, he's in any way special, like he's in any way a, a coaching genius. Um, I don't think he particularly enjoys being spoken about or written about in those terms. But in terms of purity, it it is all about coaching for him. He's never been somebody who, who his football's never been predicated on big transfer fees on on huge amounts of recruitment. I was looking at the team at Old Trafford on Saturday and there were six players in that lineup who were on the books when he came in, which is really unusual given that they've gone from division to, to division. And he's, you know, he, in terms of purity, I mean, he, he lives in a, a bedsit in Weatherby above a chiropractor's, <laughs> despite the fact that he's on this huge wage. I mean, a wage miles beyond the 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 finance they've paid to any other manager in their entire history. He, he he gets a lot of money, but he doesn't seem to want anything, want to do anything with it. Um, and his whole life is just just revolves around the training ground. I um, mean, he, he never seems to go anywhere else. He takes very very occasional breaks to Whitby. He was spotted up in Edinburgh um, with his wife during the summer. But I get the sense that he never actually takes a full day off. His translator has become a, a familiar figure uh, at Leeds and on TV. I mean, I'm sure there, there is a frustration. I think he talked about the tale in the last season that he doesn't feel he can completely express himself Do you think in English. Then? Well, it's interesting because mm. I, I interviewed uh, Maurizio Pochettino when he was at Tottenham and I asked him whether he thought Bielsa would ever manage in this country. He, 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 I kind of sensed he didn't think he would. He said, I think he'd be very successful if he did, but he thought it is probably at his time of life he, he wouldn't. But, I mean, to an extent, Pochettino suffered a bit like that, you know, not being able to express himself as he would have liked to have done initially in English. And maybe, you know, Bielsa doesn't want to... He doesn't want to compromise that. He doesn't want to compromise the message by by his weakness in the language, I sense. I think that's definitely true. I, I wrote about translating for him about two years ago. There was a, a guy who did his introductory press conference at Ellen Road called Phil Dickinson. And Phil had translated for him before when he was at Bilbao um, and, and had also done Maradona as well. So, you know, he's kind of kind of versed in potentially difficult pressers. And he said, you know, Bielsa does kind of strike the fear of God into you because what he says is very nuanced and very technical. And it's not always easy to get that across, especially when you're under pressure and the, the questions are, are coming at you quickly. But I think his feeling has always been that because his English isn't particularly strong, he's he's going to be able to express himself far better and, and certainly to say what he wants to say in Spanish. I mean, 
I, I was actually offered the chance to do Spanish in uh, Scottish standard grades when I was about 15, and I couldn't see the point. I just thought, <laughs> this is going to be an absolute waste of time, and it's one of my biggest, biggest regrets that I never I never did that. And I know the expectation is when you come to England, you, you're expected to speak English or people would like you to. Mm. But there are many, many press conferences I sit through where I think I really wish I could, you know, understand this word for word because that's where you really get the detail from. It's harder. The older you get, I tried to learn Spanish in the last few years. The older you are, the harder it is to learn a new language. He he seemed a very principled man and his history would say that. Do you think that this will end well or do you think, as it often does with him, end in some kind of implosion, some kind of, you know... That's it. Well, the thing maybe stopping that, Phil, is that his relationship with uh, Rad Rizani and with uh, Victor Orton, director of football, so who's written a forward for your book, is is strong. So the structure yeah, is there. there a, a bit, long time, yeah. bit like City were Pep, isn't it? He's he's never been in a club job this long, um, and I think people often underestimate or don't understand the, the relationship that is there, particularly between him and Orton, because he can be an incredibly difficult guy to manage. But they've dovetailed really nicely, and they, they you know from time to time they do have famously ferocious arguments, but they're always able to smooth it over and, and to carry on. And I think they both realise that they're, they're aiming at the same thing. I mean, my, my gut feeling and my, my general attitude is that very few managerial tenures anywhere end in a nice way. You know, it tends to be messy towards the mm. end. And I think the good thing with Bielsa is that because he's had promotion and he's had this strong year in the Premier League, there is no way in which anybody's going to look back at this and say, well, that was a disaster, wasn't it? You know, that just mm. that just didn't work. If it does end with him, and when when it does end, I suspect it probably will end quite quickly because that's how it how it tends to go. Um, but he, you know, he's he's got a lot of mileage in the tank and a lot of credit in the bank at the moment. And it, over the summer, he was he was banging on the door of the club to put the same pitch at the training ground that they've got at Ellen Road. They've completely replaced the pitch at Ellen Road, and it's a kind of two million pound job. It's expensive. But he wanted the same one at, at the training ground. So they've done that and they've, they've spent the money. And it's just the, the constant banging of the drum for, for marginal gains. He, he doesn't seem finished to me at all. He seems like he's he's properly invested in this still. But how long it's going to last, you, you can never see. It's interesting. I mean, we often say teams play in the image of their manager. And he seems quite a dour sort of bloke. But Leeds play with a joy, don't they? I mean, everybody enjoyed the way they played last season. Hmm. He's not in any way touchy-feely, although I have to say he's a very different personality with the supporters and, dare I say, very different personality with people he doesn't work with or who there's no kind of financial or employment commitment than he is with the people round about him. It's a, it's a tough regime and you don't ever get close to him. The players don't know much about him personally. He doesn't find out much about them personally. It's almost like this strange form of management whereby... You improve the players and they see the improvement and they appreciate it and therefore it constitutes good management. But in terms of sort of traditional man management, it's it's not like that at all. But his, you know, his ideal of football is really aggressive, attacking, entertaining football to watch. And that's what they've they've had at Leeds. And I honestly think somewhere like this, that if you if you get that right, you're you're on to a winner. Um and he's I mean, I, I was asked before the season started by the athletic where I work, you know, on a scale of one to ten. How safe is he? And I think before the ball was kicked, he was kind of up at 11 because he seems to be about as popular a manager with his own fan base as anybody in the Premier League. Good to talk to you, Phil. Yeah. Wish you well with the book. Thank you very much, gents. Thank you. Mm. Uh, so, uh, Phil Hayes' book, Marcelo Bielsa and the Rebirth of Leeds United is called And It Was Beautiful. It's published by Ryan Books and is out now in hardback. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. An incredible letter to the Times this week, honestly. Mm. Talk about posh waste of ink. <laughs> this bloke writes, uh, Malcolm Hick of Westbury and Sub Menbit. 
in Somerset. Oh, yeah. Your cricket correspondent, Elizabeth Ammon, rightly seeks a name for the new five-ball over in the hundred. Might pente be suitable? The word pentad, a group or set of five, is derived from it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're going to call it a pente, Andy? No one's going to call it a pente, are they? Let's there was an interesting piece in the uh, Sun today talking at sort of uh, young jockeys. Uh, mm-hmm. And I didn't know Kevin Phillips, uh, former Sunderland striker, of course, occasionally joins I on the show. His daughter uh, oh, is. No, not Kevin. Kevin. No. I thought it was a bit big for a jockey. <laughs> It's a bit late in life to suddenly, you know, I mean, why not? Kevin wants to do it. But it's his daughter, Tia. She's a jockey. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it was a big uh, piece in the papers today. I never knew that. You like a bit of tabloid thesaurus, and there was really a classic one today in The Sun. Uh, Basically, the story was about uh, a couple who were caught at it, shall we say, at the back of a swaying ambulance at a football ground. And because you can't say the word ambulance twice, they said uh, uh, Emma Croydon was spotted driving a car into Portsmouth FC's car park behind the stretcher fetcher. <laughs> well That's done. A good, well done. I've always very... We doff our cap to the subs who uh, who came up with that one. So, good. Uh, what do you want to know? Yeah. No, well, so, what, Andy, what yes. will you be... I just wonder what sport you'll be taking in this, this weekend. Are you going to well. be watching the... Um, I will watch the final of the 100 because I've really enjoyed it. I think it's yeah, been a terrific yeah, competition. Good. Well, I think we'll, once it's all done and dusty, we'll have a bit of a post-mortem, I think, on Monday because they'll, you know, yeah. they'll all be taking stock. The ECB will. They've pumped a lot of money. It's ruined the test into. team, but then, who cares? <laughs> Not a problem, but, is it? You know, we, we'll start to yeah. see. I suppose the research will tell us over the next few months whether it has brought a new audience to the game or it's just been another version of the game the existing yeah, audience still to say Livingston's been brilliant there have been some brilliant performances yeah. in it so that's good obviously I'll be watching the football and uh, I've been enjoying the Gaelic sports they're coming to a the GAA, crescendo yeah. yeah that's been great there's been some fantastic finishes so yeah plenty of well, plenty you've been of watching the, fo- the football not the hurling or you've both. been watching both I like them both oh okay oh yeah no I love the uh, Irish sports yeah. terrific there we are that's so um, well whatever you're up to this weekend uh, have a good one enjoy uh, all the sports if you're going to a game likewise uh, enjoy that we'll be back on Monday from uh, one o'clock. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. Our work is done. We're back on Monday, reflecting yes. on all the uh, football. Oh, yeah. Course. Looking forward we'll have to a good it. roundup yeah. of the Premier League, and Andy it's, Brass will yeah, take it's us It's going to be a very interesting Europe. weekend, I think. It should be, yeah. Fascinating weekend. Enjoy it. Um, if you can join us on Monday from one, great. If not, the podcast will be available at around 4 30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.